David Walker joins us this fun Friday to give us the reasons why LaMelo Ball would stay in Charlotte. Plus, we'll answer your questions and talk about the Charlotte Hornets possibly trading back, if anything is indicated based on the recent players they've worked out this offseason. We'll talk about all of that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. <laughs> It's a fun Friday. We're live streaming. David Walker joining us at the end of the week. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available on any platform you so choose. That includes YouTube if you want to watch us, by the way. You can also like us on Facebook. We're on a quest for a 1,000 Facebook likes. If we get there, Doug will dress as Grandmama for a show. If we get to 500, we're going to give you the Matt Geiger fact of the day, which was a fan favorite a couple of years ago. It's so good. And we... What's amazing about it is that there's so many facts of the day, and I don't know who it was on YouTube, but there was somebody saying, hey, you guys joke, like Matt Geiger was that guy. He dunked on Shaq. He was phenomenal, and I love that energy hey, quit, from our quit fan. quit giving away facts. That was a fact right there. Right. See, you're giving away – we're never going to get to 500 That's if you keep giving away sweet Geiger facts. You're hey, right. just real quick, um, I found – I've been combing the sound effect library from our first adventure onto YouTube, which happened all the way back – in like 2016, 2017. And I found this sound effect that we always used to start Fun Friday with. David will remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. a party starter. 2010s mixtape rap vibes to start the podcast. <laughs> exactly. I love it. All right. You can find us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, L O H, David B. Walker, and the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. David. Texting us some topics as he always does before he comes on to the show. And the first one today was why LaMelo Ball will stay in Charlotte. What prompted this idea, David? Did you read some comments indicating otherwise? And what are some of the reasons you think he will stay in Charlotte? Guys, these are comments IRL in real life. So out actually <laughs> talking that? to people. I know, right? It's I don't I, I gotta tell you, I don't like it. I'm going back inside. So I'm going back online for the comments. But uh, it just seems like to me, whenever the subject of LaMelo comes up, you know, the first thing that people say is, and, and Doug, you can attest to this because I think you were the originator. He, he's leaving. He won't be here for long. Um, he's destined to go somewhere, a larger market, somewhere, greener pastures, what have you. And, and so I just wanted to bring it to the, you know, bring it to the forum and talk to you guys about it. I, I just think. I think he's he's going to stick around. I think he's I think he's for Charlotte. I don't know. I, but but I just think it's 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 more of emblematic of a um, a sweeping change to going across the NBA. In my eyes, I mean, look at the finals, guys. Look at the teams that are in the finals. Look at the new pathway some of these younger players are taking. They're they're not they're not teaming up. I mean, the team ups, the big threes, they're imploding. Look what's happening in Brooklyn. Look what's happening with the Lakers. Um, the teams that are making it to the finals are kind of doing it by building within. Yes, they get the superstars, but it feels like to me that's the new trend. It's not, it's not let's go play with your friends. It's, it's let's build and, and, and let's build something here. Doug, you want to answer that first as one of the only you know, talking to you about having this con- conversation if LaMelo is going to leave? I'll let you respond first. Well, he said I was the originator of that conversation. The originator of that conversation is just my fear that goes all the way back to Alonzo Mourning not wanting to stay in Charlotte and wanting to go to uh, 
more uh, hot colors and, and Miami heat and, and all of that passion. He, the heat you know, is he, always he lurking. The heat is always on. You're right. Mm. So, I mean, so that's my fear, uh, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. We've seen bigger stars stay in smaller markets. Giannis kind of set some some hope for me that the, the Hornets could convince LaMelo to stay, but it's certainly, it's not a given. And I, and I would still put it, at you know more than fifty percent that he, that he will not finish his uh, honestly vastly more than fifty percent that he won't finish his career as a Charlotte Hornet, but they, they it starts with this coaching hire. Every piece of talent that they bring in needs to complement Lamelo Ball in some way. They've got something here, and and they they here's the thing, the Hornets could do all of the right things, and, and even compete, even compete for an Eastern Conference championship or a Finals, and Lamelo still decide to leave. Uh, because there are more fun markets and and cooler places to play and more opportunities for him in, in other in other markets. So, uh, you know, but the Hornets have to do everything they can to at least make that argument. Yeah, I can't look. We're going to get to some comments later on. I wonder what the comments are looking like now. I wonder what they're going to look like after people watch this say too late. Melo's already gone. There's no chance that they could save him. <laughs> Look, man, he might leave. That that might happen in the future. You wanted to talk about some of the super teams, David. You look at Boston. You look at Golden State. I will say Boston is a bigger market. Those guys did have success pretty immediately so. Jason Tatum being a part of an Eastern Conference Finals, playing in a Game 7 against LeBron right away, winning right away is going to help. Exactly what happened with Golden State. It took a little while for Steph Curry to cook into a superstar. And then as it happens, oh, okay, the Warriors are just going to go all the way to the finals and win a title after the Mark Jackson era. Steve Kerr steps in, boom, title right away, 73 win season. It's tough to leave that type of success. Milwaukee probably is the best example because they did have to go through their growing pains. They did have to find pieces to add. And they underwent what I thought was a pretty big mistake in letting Malcolm Brogdon go because Milwaukee didn't want to go into the luxury tax. I thought that was egregious. Like, look, that's exactly why you go into the luxury tax to bring in a Malcolm Brogdon still because he was a 50-40-90 guy that they just decided to let go. But at least they made up for it going after Drew Holiday, giving up quite a bit of, of picks to try to right those wrongs. And eventually Giannis continues to grow and win a championship. That's in Milwaukee. That's probably the best comparison we can get. So does LaMelo and the roster around him with right decisions being, fingers crossed, hopefully made, can you have that same type of trajectory? Ultimately, it all comes down to winning in that city that keeps you in that city, regardless of whether it's a mid-market, whether it's a big market, whatever. That is what has to be taken care of. And all of this talk about LaMelo leaving that's more so from fans saying, you know, kind of projecting on him, right? right. Like LaMelo's able to build his brand here. Exactly. There are commercials in the NBA finals with LaMelo right now, and he's a Charlotte Hornet. So he's able to build his brand. Everybody else can project, and that's fine. LaMelo hasn't said anything that he wants to leave Charlotte. The dude just likes to hoop, and he can hoop in Charlotte, and hopefully we can win to keep him here in this city. Yeah, I mean, of course, at the end of the day, it comes down to winning. It comes down to what this team puts around them, a coaching standpoint, and certainly the roster as well, and the success that they have. I think 
to your point, that was one of the things I wanted to bring up as well. It's like the marketing dollars and the, and the larger market year round. Like to me, that's not as big a factor at all. He's got the LA ties already. Half the league lives in LA in the off season anyway. Like, you know, so he could do that. The, the commercials are already there. They're only going to keep coming as you know the winning increases so to me that's not even a factor but that seems to be one of the issues that people think he's he's flashy right he's he wants but like the cameras are already there he's been on camera uh since he was in what middle school with the facebook show so they've had the access and they've had the voice out there and so i think obviously it comes down to the winning but i think it's attractive to Lamelo to say hey I could, this could be my franchise. I mean, really like Kimba is the face of the franchise, I guess, if you want to go back historically to this new version of it, but Lamella's right there already and already, hasn't, you know, already. Right. So like that, there's not a lot of places you can go and have that. Certainly not the Lakers, certainly not some of these larger market franchises. So I think that's going to be something for him to look at too, but yeah, the winning's got to come. They've got to be able to build around them. That starts with the hire, starts with what they put around him on the roster. But all the pieces are there for him to really carve out his own niche and and do what he wants to do here in Charlotte. It's why it, you need to make that jump from being the fun team everybody across the country loves to watch on NBA League Pass into, okay, now we want to watch him because they're fun and they're winning basketball games. And I think they could make some noise in the postseason. Because right now, and I don't even blame many people for this but right now they're still kind of viewed as a dumping ground for everybody's garbage to some degree right and not to call russell westbrook garbage by any means he's one of the best players ever but that contract isn't good and yet i was listening to the bill simmons podcast it was Mm -hmm. him and kevin o'connor giving you a reaction to the most recent nba finals game they were working out utah jazz trades too as they were getting deeper into the content and that allowed them to talk about the Nets, what they might do, whatever. Basically, the trade was Kyrie Irving to L.A., Russell Westbrook to Charlotte, Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward to the Nets organization, where clearly the main topic points are uh, Brooklyn and L.A., and Charlotte will just take Russell Westbrook. And so the only reason that would make sense is if you move off of Russell so we don't take the basketball out of the hands of the dude that's already top five face of the franchise just two years into the league. That seems like a pretty bad idea if you want to keep him. Oh, I know. Let's bring in Russell Westbrook and put him alongside LaMelo Ball and see if those guys will work out on the floor together. Yeah, I think Kevin O'Connor had pieced that together based on some of the noise that the Hornets might be interested in doing that, adding that Westbrook piece, you know, that had been floated out there. We've seen it in in various sources. And the only reason that would really make sense, right, is to move off of Gordon. I mean, that would be the big piece. Well, and Terry, right? So if if you, depending on how you view Terry, if you're trying to allocate that money elsewhere, you get off of those contracts. But if if Russell plays, then, yeah, it's – you, you, you don't have another year to work with before, all right, now we're going to start winning. You know, that, yeah. that's the thing that makes that trade hard. Maybe last year, that makes a lot more sense, but not this year. And there was also noise around that, that like, hey, wherever Russell went, he would just be bought out. Like, there was something about that. I guess it's still a possibility, but it seems like, uh, I don't know if that would end up being what would happen, but I guess you could go that route. But that seems like a lot of moving pieces and that seems like a big swing to take bringing in Westbrook. I mean, we've talked about the pluses and minuses of, of having Russell, Russell Westbrook here yeah. for like what, two years. Uh, so we don't need to rehash that, but um, yeah, I mean the, the Hayward piece and, and, and trying to really restructure this roster would I guess would be what they would be looking for. I, you know, I, I feel like uh, LaMelo is certainly 
uh, it, it's not a guarantee that he would go somewhere else. And I, I think there are stars that that you draft and go, yeah, there's, there's probably no convincing this player. I don't feel that way about LaMelo, but the onus mm-hmm. now is on the organization yeah. uh, to find him, you know, a big rotation that can actually make the playoffs and to start slowly and, and to keep, you know, helping him to become the player that he wants to be. Uh, you can't do it on your own. I don't care how great you are. Uh, Michael Jordan had uh, a lot of great talent around him and, and had some say-so as as his star power grew, had some say-so in terms of how that roster was built. So I think it's just all a process. It's going to take time. I want to get to the some of this uh, chat action and uh, lead us help lead us into this next segment. Uh, this is from Slat. Slat says, uh, LaMelo fans want him to stay. Uh, you guys have never won anything. Well... I listen. I coached a uh, uh, I coached a five year old basketball team to a championship. <laughs> I got the ball. I got the ball to prove it. They all signed. It. I made them. Um, so yeah, Respect. I've won something. The Hornets may not have won anything, but I've won something. It's uh, anyway. He continues. <laughs> if he's the first to bring a championship to the Hornets, he'll be the only person you guys remember. So there's so there's some backhanded insult there, but he does bring up a good point, <laughs> which is that you can be a legend in Charlotte very easily. Yeah, it's much more difficult, uh, you know. Which is As exactly, LeBron James is finding out, it's much more difficult to go somewhere else where there's already a lot of legendary people and make your case that you also deserve a statue outside of the arena. Um, Danny on the chat says, I've never heard anything about Ja leaving Memphis. I think the narrative of exactly. LaMelo leaving is unfounded and is based on yeah. assumption, much well, like exactly. people assumed he'd be high maintenance. Well, look, it's L.A. stuff, man. That's what it is. It's people projecting and it's the L.A. connection because he's already been a star. And then when you think star, you don't think they can live in the city of Charlotte. You think they can live with the Lakers. Look, ultimately, what it comes down to is what we've talked about a lot, winning. And if you want to project that the Charlotte Hornets aren't going to make the right decisions in order for that to happen, that's okay. You have some evidence to work with. If you don't think Mitch Kupchak has done a good job, it's not unfathomable. You might think that there were some bad contracts in place. You might think that the Hornets as a general franchise haven't made the right decisions. Therefore, future is going to be predicated on what they've done in the past. And then LaMelo might leave because we haven't had success because quote, we haven't won anything. Like, I feel like, I feel like B rabbit and eight mile already putting out the insults that I know are coming like, duh, like, you know, yeah, that's fine. Like you could, you can talk about the Charlotte franchise, not having won anything. You're damn right. Like, yeah, this is, this is something we know. And so, we understand that this franchise has to do the things in order to keep LaMelo. Yes. And so yes. that that's ultimately what it comes down to before LaMelo just is so, so hell bent on going back to LA. Yes, because the chatter will calm down once the Hornets start to compete, once they start to achieve things alongside LaMelo also continuing to hit those milestones. I think part of the reason why there hasn't been a lot of chatter about Ja is because jaw is turning memphis into a contender and he's from south carolina man (laughs) but there but but memphis my point is memphis is also turning memphis into a contender they're making great decisions and putting great pieces around jaw via the draft and and via uh free agency so you know that's that's what the hornets that's where the onus has to be right exactly i mean trey young is another example right some early playoff success you don't hear much about them moving off of trey young um, you, you just don't like the Zion thing. You've heard he wanted to leave there since the day he got there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see whatever happens with him. 
but yeah, I mean, they've obviously got to win. They've obviously got to do the right things. And then I think you're right, Walker, the assumption that he would just want to leave when things are going well, uh, just to be in another place, just to be in another market, I think it's a little unfounded and a little unfair. And, 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 and you're not really paying attention to LaMelo. I don't think if you see that, if you see him playing, you see the stuff he says off the court and his interviews and stuff like that, how much he just wants to play. Um, you know, it seems like a kid who really wants to build something. LaMelo stayed here in Charlotte last offseason to work on his game. Like, I mean, look, doesn't mean that he doesn't love L.A. I think when he was talking in his exit interviews, there was a question about his offseason plans. I think he talked about, you know, setting some time aside for his family and normal stuff like that. I I don't know if he was specific on staying in Charlotte. Um, I I know it was open. So, yeah, we'll we'll see exactly what takes place and what the future is going to. Oh, do we have some news? Is it the news, Doug? We've got, I found the, by the way, I went to the archive. I found the breaking news sound effect too. (laughs) Okay. Breaking news. Uh Are you ready for this breaking news, fellas? I am very ready. Let's hear it. The Charlotte Hornets will be working out Mark Williams for their second uh, NBA draft workout. So no, it's not the news, but here's the thing. So the the first workout today, they're going to do three workouts today. First workout. Let me just run down the list, and this matters because we've got sound bites from one of the participants, Max Christie, R.J. Cole, Grant Golden, Alex Hunter, Ishmael Kamagate, and Gui Santos. Okay, a lot of names there. Second workout, it's only one name that I see here from the Charlotte Hornets, Mark yeah. Williams. Well, solo mm. workout. The only name listed, the only one. This has, tells you all I, you I, need to know. I could be mistaken on this. You know, some of these workouts don't go reported. So they're private. They're, they are unbeknownst to the public. This one obviously is with this being tweeted out. Who knows if there's another one on the horizon because we got later confirmation last year that Kai Jones had multiple workouts with the Hornets and then eventually they like him so much they trade up with the New York Knicks to go get him in the first I round. I love a little secret workout, sneaking them in the sneaking them in the back door. Love it. Yeah, well, they got they got Mark Williams <laughs> It's publicized this time. I I mentioned, yeah, it's noteworthy. Not the news, but it is noteworthy. All right. We've ran over. Let's go to the next segment coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Speaking of draft workouts, I got a chance to talk with Max Christie earlier today. He was a part of the list of workouts that had a few different draft prospects working out at Spectrum Center. Um, Max Christie, interesting guy. Well, we'll play you some of that sound here in just a moment. Now, before we talk about Bet Online, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Do these workouts indicate the Charlotte Hornets might trade back in the first round? We'll talk about that next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I got a couple of rookies here. I got David spreading fake news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continuous success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which I would love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things. This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
Interesting breaking news coming out from the Charlotte Hornets. Mark Williams, a guy that has been tabbed to the Charlotte Hornets a million times. You like that? I got to wait for the beat drop. Mark Williams been mocked to the Hornets at 13, at 15. There's a need for a big guy. But we have Max Christie sound. Like, we don't have Mark Williams sound. That's going to have to come on Monday, but we'll have Max Christie sound too, right? Ken, He's before the... before we get to that, right. I do, I think there's a great question that I wanted to give some time to, and I knew we had to get to break, and it goes off of our previous discussion. This from the YouTube chat. Uh, Amber asks, does LaMelo have a draw for free agents? Is there yes. anyone that wants to run with LaMelo? Do you th- so the question is, will LaMelo, is LaMelo a free agent draw now? And will he be in the future? Yeah, I think yeah. I think it only helps. Ultimately, it's going to come down to the cash and the chance to win, which we've talked about a couple of times now. But if there is similar money on the table and you aren't going to go play for what you would deem a contender, it's two teams or whatever you think is in Charlotte's neighborhood. Charlotte is a young potential to grow type of team where you're going to get the basketball. If you play alongside LaMelo, like I have to imagine that is going to be something attractive for free agents. Yeah. It's a guard dominated league. Uh, point guards run the show and he's making everybody out there look good. He made Mason Plumlee, uh, look pretty good at times guys. Right. So like there's, there's, That's there's the a lot of benefit and upside to play with, <laughs> with, with LaMelo for sure. That's the point. The point is that LaMelo is a fun player to play with and, and people notice there were all there have been all kinds of tweets mm. these past two seasons eyeball emojis from players now does that mean that they are going to all of a sudden come to charlotte because of that no but it means that other players out there notice how fun lamello is to watch and how fun he could be to play with because he's such an unselfish and great facilitator i don't know that his name is like going to draw people in immediately it's not one of those kind he's going to get there that's the journey. The journey is he will become a player that it's like, yes, I got to go play with LaMelo. But certainly, he, he he's a selling point. All right. One of the draft prospects that worked out for the Hornets today and Max Christie talked about playing alongside fellow Spartan Miles Bridges and the possibility of that happening. That would be a lot of fun for him, but also just individually, right? Not necessarily putting that connection to Miles Bridges. Pretty interesting prospect. He was just a one-year player at Michigan State. The efficiency numbers, they weren't good, but also you can see the game there. You can see the type of athlete, the versatility. I think he moves really well. Good cutter. I think there's a lot to work with and I think he is a good defender here he is talking about the advice he received whether he should stay in the draft after what was not a sensational year with Michigan State and uh, the advice that led him to make that final decision that I got from NBA teams just sort of helped me reinforce that decision um, and then having my close circle like my family and coaches that I've been with for a while sort of reinforcing that decision to stay in was probably one of the biggest reasons that I did and so I don't think I was really pressed for time I thought I took my time I thought I did a pretty good job of making you know, a good decision. Yeah, I think Max Christie is a guy that really could have benefited from going back to Michigan State and then, you know, having those efficiency numbers go up. I think he could be a lottery pick next year, but decides to stay here because he was getting a lot of good feedback from people in the higher ups making these decisions. And ultimately, you're going to get money if you're getting the feedback saying, hey, we like you. We're going to take you here. Maybe I don't know if he's promised a spot, but if you're getting positive feedback, 
certainly understandable that you're going to stay here as a potential first round pick. And I think the shooting can translate, even if he wasn't a good shooter based off of the numbers. Like I like the mechanics. I think this is somebody that has that a part of his game. And here he is talking about how the workouts have gone for him with some of these other teams, including the Charlotte Hornets. Um, I think I've shot it really well in these workouts. That's one of the biggest feedbacks that I've gotten is even though I didn't necessarily shoot it great at Michigan state, um, I don't think that was an accurate representation of how I can shoot the ball. And so coming into these workouts, I've been able to shoot it really well. Um, and I think my decision-making and just my instincts have been very well um, as well. And so I think that's some of my strengths, especially in these workouts and then things to work on. I think one of the biggest things for me is just getting bigger and stronger. Uh, but I think that'll just come with time and age. I'm only 19. And so I'm not necessarily worried about that. I think I've done everything that I can on that front to sort of put as much muscle as I can um, on my frame. I like Max Christie as a prospect. You know, I think he's pretty good, but he's in that land where they're not going to take him at 15 and they're not going to get to him at 45. He's going to be gone by that point. I, I would, I would think so. That would be a fall. That'd be a slide that I don't think is going to happen. The shooting and the workouts that have gone well for him. That reminds me of James book night, right? Didn't shoot necessarily all that well at UConn, but did shoot really well in workouts. And that was all everybody was talking about. Here's my point though. Going to that range of falling like 25, am I, <laughs> Doug, if anybody is allowed to do that on this podcast, I need <laughs> to make sure me. I get it. I only, I get to make sure I get everything out on this before you take it and then run away with the microphone. What I was going to ask you was, do these workouts indicate that the Hornets might trade back because these players are kind of in that range from 20 to 40 where the Hornets aren't picking. So does it maybe hint that the Charlotte Hornets might be moving in that area? I, I certainly think so. I, I, cause I have, I think Mark Williams to my knowledge is one of the only players they've worked out so far. They will work out that has even been in that 13, 15 mm -hmm. range. I'm trying to think Abaji, about you Abaji. know, like, yeah. Okay. And Easton so, maybe depending on what you think about him. Right. So, um, you know, they haven't worked out many. I, what I think, and this is total, I mean, I'll play it. I'll play the speculation music. It's total speculation. Again, we're just speculating here, but this <laughs> A reluctant go-to. Okay, I'm going to stop it early. So here's my speculation. <laughs> that um, I think they're sure about one pick, and I think they are trying to move the second pick. Now, which, is, which pick that is, I don't know, because I think you can still get Mark Williams at 15. A lot of people have noted Cleveland doesn't necessarily want someone at 14. So if you're, you know, you gotta, you gotta kind of gauge it, see if anyone's going to trade into that spot. You could take a risk, but I think there are multiple players that they would be happy with, whether it's a or Eason or Mark Williams, if they're super sure they can try to take uh, Mark Williams at 13 and then move to 15. If they're less sure on Mark and they think, Hey, we're going to have one of those players at 15 and they can move the 13th pick. I just think one's going one's staying. Yeah, my fear with that is if they know if they have a guy, which I hope they do, you go through some of this and and pre-draft stuff. If they have their guy, I would say get him at thirteen. And you know, I mean, if he's not going to fall too much further, I think you're right. Like as y'all were talking about it in the in the mock draft, you don't feel like Cleveland would probably grab him if he fell. If Mark Williams was there at thirteen, he'd probably feel pretty good about being there fifteen. I just wouldn't want to overthink it at this point. I'm 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 a I'm not a proponent of overthinking at all, uh, especially when it comes to the draft. As you guys know, it can be tricky. But I, I think if you want to go ahead and get him, uh, you don't you don't risk it too much there, uh, unless there's a couple guys. I mean, I don't know. Past the big guys, uh, Walker Kessler didn't get a shining review. For <laughs> 
on, no. on recent shows here. So, so I, I don't know that they're looking at him, but um, Mark Williams seems like the consensus no-brainer. So well, well the thing is, you because it's that position, you can't play I with know. it again. Exactly. Yeah. If this was a guard or a right. forward. Okay, maybe you play your cards and say, well, there's no way Cleveland takes or whatever team takes that because they're so deep at that spot. But you can't play with it because if somebody trades into 14 to take that guy and you had the chance and you didn't do it, you can't take that risk. Not again. Exactly. Exactly. You can't. Yeah. If there was a group of them. You know, and you felt comfortable grabbing one or two or whomever or wink. But, yeah, you're right. Not with the center position. Not now. Not on this roster. Not with no other moves on the horizon, right? But but it's great to see the organization doing their due diligence and understanding, hey, if we do have the – it's not a guarantee. You, you got to – it takes two to tango. Got to get another team to get involved there. But if the opportunity presents itself, I feel pretty confident, you know, just based on Mitch Kupchak's – uh, recent history in the draft, they're going to be prepared. And some of the hits that he's had in the second yeah. round, it seems like this particular scouting staff and Mitch Kupchak, they do their homework. I'm not sure you could say the same thing about the previous regime. Um, friend of the show, Rich Cho, we loved him, came on, uh, did Good food versus prospect, you know, but he, I just don't think that regime was as fully prepared as Mitch Kupchak is. So I, I feel I feel good about that. I do have a question here on the chat that goes along with this. This is from Blake. If for some reason Duran falls to 13, right. would you consider double dipping and taking Mark Williams at 15? I would not. I, I don't want to do that because you don't want to <laughs> – because then it, it's Kai Jones too. And, I again, yeah. the versatility there, you're talking about – we just don't know exactly what's going to take place with Kai Jones, even if he's not your typical drop-back guy. But at the same time, I, I would rather use my pick on Jalen Duran and then use the other one for a guy that also is going to help you out on the wing, Malachi Branham, uh, you know, whoever would be there. But if you get both of these guys, then you're making sure that one of them isn't going to play now, and you're probably picking one of these guys for the future. So you're pigeonholing one of these players you pick as a perennial backup, you know, or, or you know, I just, I just don't like that way of thinking. I want the new Twin Towers. Okay, Walker, we're starting a new <laughs> regime yes. here in Charlotte. I would be all in for doubling down. They've done it before, and it has not worked. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, you take two swings at this things at this thing with with two lottery guys. I think that's a little bit different than doing. You know, it's it better with, than you know, one swing, end. two swings, two swings, right? Uh, what about at 45? I, Maybe a big guy, a seven-footer, falls down over there. You know what's better than two swings? Castle, Three swings. Probably, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm kind of with David on this. I feel like if those are BPA, baby, I mean, if, if Duran and Mark Williams end up being the best players available at 13 and 15, then you do it. You don't even worry about Kai Jones. Look, the best player will eventually rise. All of this is to, I, I really mean this. All of these draft picks are just swings. They're cracks at it. You, you really oh, yeah. have no guarantees because you can look at all of the combine stats. You can look at the physical tools. And, you know, not, it's so tough to judge two things. One, someone's mentality, their, their want to. Do they pass the want to test? Do they want to be great? Are they going to do the things necessary to get more playing time, fight their way through what will be, you know, camp battles and, and different things? And when they get that opportunity, when, when it usually comes from injury, will they step up it, and, and play well? And the other thing you can't figure out is injury. 
you know, you, you can't, you can't judge. I mean, you can, you can have some Intel if they've been injured before, but you never know how that's going to work out. So you take some, you take some cracks at it. That's what I said. Yeah. And the one thing that the one downside that you're scared of is like, it's not exactly the wave of the NBA to be adding tons and tons of big guys that maybe can't move that well or switch. We're off zagging. Right. You guys are zigging. Exactly. We're zagging. Or, or, you know, this we're, is countering, how we win. we're countering Cleveland. I mean, my God, they're stacking them up up there. So you got to have somebody to come in. I mean, well, maybe the other thing too something. is like Duran and, and Mark Williams are different kinds of defenders. So, well, they at least have some not. differences in tool sets slightly. I mean, you know, so I, it's, it's not like they're the exact same player. I um, mean, but they're enough of the same player where you're not playing them on the floor at the same time by any means. Can you imagine that? But, but can you, you get burned? <laughs> Here's the thing with with both of these guys. I, I kind of want to talk about the coaching. You know, who is going to be that guy, whether it be Kenny Atkinson or Mike D'Antoni? You know, Kenny Atkinson, he put forth the drop coverage with the Nets when Jarrett Allen was a part of that organization. Mm -hmm. And so Mark Williams being that pick would allow that defensive identity to come about for a Kenny Atkinson. And he would get some real playing time if as long as, you know, especially if you're not going after anybody in free agency that has that ability, I think Mark Williams would be a good fit there. I don't know about Mark Williams, maybe playing that Clint Capella role with, uh, Mike D'Antoni coming in as that head coach. So, you know, those are some kind of examples you can look at. Uh, I, I do think with the switching philosophy that it has been used before under D'Antoni, that's going to be tough with Willie. I mean, in, in fact, it's impossible mm. with Williams. And so Jalen fits that a little more so where you can get away with it. You know, Uber athlete is Jalen and, and Mark's a pretty good one too. I guess my point though is like these guys can fit with either one of these coaches and it would help them out because it's going to help the team out and it kind of helps their philosophies out too, based on the success we've seen from each of these coaches with their previous team. So that, that would be nice to see, um, but only draft one. Don't draft both of them. Just, <laughs> just get one and then try to use that other. Why pick. get one when you could get two. Well, get the other two. thing too is like, how, how do you maximize the development of one when, all right, now we have some minutes to go to this guy that we really like. Okay. Jalen, it's your turn. Okay, Mark, now it's your turn where we could just be giving all of that time, maximizing the development to one player rather than trying to divide it and say, oh, all right, we're kind of favoring Jalen. Sorry, Mark, you're going to move to the bench and here, but you can go to the Greensboro Swarm and play and eventually fall out of favor. Like, you know, if you wanted to use it as trade bait, fine. But mm -hmm. yeah, I'd, I'll I'd give you I'll give you one more argument why taking both. Uh, would would make sense just in the ma here's a macro argument okay the these players are are pretty rare uh, these types of players uh and in when you find one in the draft it can, it can give you it's like it just reminds me of my fantasy league don't even get me started my fantasy football league yes. but but they still allow tight ends in my fantasy football league okay which i think is ridiculous there's like three or four tight ends right does. now That's there's like three standard. or four tight ends right now that actually legitimately <laughs> give you points and so the the teams that have those tight ends that consistently produce points it, they're so rare within the league these days that they have a huge advantage. That's why I say turn the tight end spot to a flex spot or a wide or another wide receiver spot. If you want to put a tight end there, fine. Turn it into kind of a wide receiver tight end split. Anyway, <laughs> why that matters to my discussion here is 
that these players are rare. And when you find them in the draft and, and you can keep them for several years on, on a pretty reasonable dollar amount, that's a huge advantage for your organization. And if you get two cracks at it, I think you take that because otherwise you have to do what the Hornets might have to do this season or next season, which is go out and find that in free agency or trade. And you're going to be paying premium dollars. Um, I like the idea of this becoming a, I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying. Probably some kind of nonsense. Do you want to get to some comments before we move on to the next segment, Doug? The next segment is going to be comments and questions. So I say we just, we just, one quick thing, one quick, one quick thing to keep in mind though, this team's not afraid to draft players that they haven't brought in for workouts, right? Like we've seen that in the past. So, so who knows? Yeah, and some of that is some of that is just the players controlling that, and that's yeah. something Mitch has talked about before. But you're no right. One, I mean, no you, one wants no one wants to work out here uh, yeah. until they get and, that new practice facility. Well, what's even more hilarious is the fact that some of the players they did work out before the deadline took place, it, like a Terquavion Smith who was rising up draft boards. Nah, as soon as he works out with the Hornets, out. I'm going back to college. That happened two other times. So the joke was like, as soon as they work out with the Hornets. They're going back to school. They're not dealing with all that BS. Now you can't. Now the deadline's in play. So you have to deal with your workout and you have to stay in the NBA draft. All right. Coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're going to get to all of your questions. We're going to get to all of your comments regarding the draft, regarding Mark Williams, LaMelo Ball, whatever you want to write in there into the chat, or maybe we have some Hive Live questions left over. We'll get to all of that coming up in just a moment. Filling your best starts with what you eat. Sakara helps you live a healthy, balanced lifestyle and truly enjoy it with delicious, plant-rich, transformational nutrition that builds a foundation for living in your best body. Now is the time to seek wellness, joy, and abundance in all areas of your life, starting with what you eat. With Sakara, you get nutrient-dense meals, snacks, supplements that nourish your body, all of that without ever sacrificing taste or quality. True Radiant starts on your plate. Made with high-quality organic ingredients, Sakara's plant-rich transformational nutrition programs are expertly designed to deliver real results from reduced bloat and ease digestion to clear skin and boosted energy and moods. Again, all without sacrificing taste or quality it's great stuff right now sakara is offering our listeners 20 percent off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or you can enter code locked on 20 at checkout it doesn't matter that's sakara s-a-k-a-r-a.com slash locked on 20 to get 20 percent off of your first order sakara.com slash locked on 20 comments coming up next on the locked on hornets podcast This is Locked on Hornets. So wait a minute. Do we value players that forget plays all of a sudden? I thought we were, (laughs) we loved LeBron James because he remembered he could cite to you every single play from every game he's ever played in. Now, all of a sudden, we like players who have no idea what happened on the previous play. I don't think you want him to play scared, right? It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, Doug, hopefully you've been scrolling. I don't know if you wanted to save the scrolling before we actually get to the comments, but how many do we have and which ones do you want to get to first? I'm scrolling Twitter right now. I'm on Woj. I'm on Shams. I'm waiting for this uh, head coaching announcement that I was just sure was going to happen. During our show, we kind of went later on the live to see if we could suss it out. They were trying to do a little Friday news dump. I'm, 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 I hope they don't. I honestly, I hope the Hornets announce their head coach not on a Friday. No reason to really. Attention. 
Yeah, wow, like you want to be proud of it, right? Uh, uh, unless unless it just is the natural timeline in which you want to make your decision and that oh fine, but at the same time yeah there's nothing to hide here. In fact, this is when you want to boost, hey, the new coach, you know, new coach, new life, we're going to make the playoffs, you know, it's something to celebrate more than it is to hide. New year, new me. Rod Boone of the uh Charlotte Observer confirming on Twitter that this is an individual workout for mm. Mark Williams. Speaking of the uh, head coaching situation, we do have a uh, question here from Edgar on YouTube saying, if we hire Mike D'Antoni, he wants to know if we agree with this. If we hire Mike D'Antoni, it'll be announced within two to three days. But if we hire Kenny Atkinson, it's going to be announced after the finals. Do you agree with that logic? I mean, I could happen that way. I don't necessarily, I don't think that's the way they're playing it. I mean, Mike Brown's already been hired by the Kings. We've seen coaches be hired by teams that went on to win the championship before. So I, I get the kind of thinking there. I think you guys hit on this yesterday, but I don't think that's the card they're playing right now. If they've got their guy, I think they go ahead and do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess it makes sense, uh, but you, you mentioned the Kings hiring Mike Brown before it was all said and done. And so we see this happen in other sports where coaches will be going through the playoffs and they're announced as a head coach and they'll still stick around. In some instances, it kind of varies. I, I don't think, I don't think that should be a telltale sign that it's going to be Mike D'Antoni or it's going to be Kenny Atkins. Yeah. I mean, maybe unless he was like, listen, guys, let's keep this under wraps until uh, we wrap up mm -hmm. the finals or something. I mean, I guess that could happen, but I don't think that's the way they're necessarily playing it. Yeah. I, uh, I wonder if the finals are different than the Mike Brown situation because, you know, I, I don't know if the NBA would love having those kind of announcements during NBA has got their own problems right now, Doug. They've got a lot <laughs> going would you on. Want, would you want to talk about, and I would love to just rapid fire, go through those when we get through a few more questions. But so to answer Edgar's question, I honestly, I'm not going to read too much into the timing of the situation. So if we don't hear about Dan Tony in the next two or three days, I'm not, I'm not going to read into it. It's just like what happened with Kenny getting the first interview and everyone on, on social media and Twitter was like, well, I guess Kenny's the hire. And it's like, no, you know, you just give it a second. I mean, they're, mm -hmm. they're going through this process. They've been very patient. You know, Michael Jordan took a vacation. He's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to be patient with this. For a couple of weeks, guys. Uh, I mean, listen, I guess it did they make did. sense that they were coming East Right. They kind of scheduled that interview after they left San Francisco coming into Boston. He could just swoop down here and see MJ on the way back up to Boston. Um, Makes sense. Made sense. Play that. Okay. We've got a couple of questions to our Twitter account. Remember, if you think of a Hornets question at any point, you can tweet us at Locked On Hornets with the hashtag Hive Live, and we will throw it onto the screen just like this. Zebert. If we hire Dan Tony, is the Westbrook trade more interesting or less interesting? It's all the same. I mean, it's it's bad either way. I don't care what <laughs> yeah. I mean. I don't. I don't want Russell Westbrook, whether it be Dan Tony, whether it be Kenny Atkinson. Yeah, like it's, you're the LeBron. You're the LeBron yeah. cigarette in the air meme. Although it would be awesome to hear about D'Antoni going into the interviews with like this newfound two dual point guard system he would put in with Westbrook and Lamelo, and how they would just go flying up and down the court. Um, I hope you didn't do that, but well, and, uh, no. yeah, and, and I I get Russell Westbrook played for D'Antoni with the Rockets, you know, just for that little bit. I, I get the question. I, I just you know different situation that offense. You don't want Lamelo to be James Harden in this offense. I want him to have the basketball in his hands all the time. I don't want him to you know to continue to run this ISO heavy stuff. Like Lamelo's great by making other players great frequently and you have other players to you know try to emphasize so um yeah either way i don't like it 
I don't care if it's D'Antoni, Macaroni, Rigatoni. Don't give me Westbrook. That's what you're saying. That's correct. Either pasta, um, whatever. I don't want it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to cut back to us because we've got a, I had a question submitted um, by a friend of the show, Suman. Um, and Suman wants to know, we've all been ranking the potential coaches for this team for next season, but how would you, how would you guys rank the previous coaches of the Horn Cats era? Oh. Is Clifford number one since he brought us to the playoffs twice? Is Dunlap dead last? Uh, I think he's ranking the coaches. Go ahead, David. Man. Yeah, I was starting from the bottom here. Um, was it Sam Vincent? That was not a good that was not a good uh, Bobcat. Uh, you gotta go Dunlap. <laughs> I think you gotta go Dunlap though, since it was just so out of the blue. Uh and it did not go well. Um and one season at the bottom. Yeah. yeah. I would put I would still put I would still put Clifford at the top, I think. Although I love a lot of the stuff JB did. Clifford was just, you know, just solid. Yeah, I'd put Steve Clifford number one with the success. They mm -hmm. get to the playoffs. Plus, you have a seven game series against now the we're Miami not Heat. Are, we're not we're not counting are we not counting the previous Hornets era? That I wasn't Horn because cats. the Horn Cats, right? The Horn cats, right? Yeah. So I, I guess okay. I'm not going like Dave Cowens, you know, Paul. I mean, well, you know, I guess Paul Silas, right? I, <laughs> he gets, yeah. Paul Silas he, he fits in any era. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he does. <laughs> That's totally true. Uh, I think Steve Clifford probably still number one. Yeah, and done last. Yeah, it's Clifford, then Brown, uh, then. Oh yeah. Then it gets tough. It's like I mean, maybe, maybe you give it. Maybe you give Silas third just out of pity. Like he should not have. <laughs> he should not have been given that team. That was not. That was not that fair was not to Paul nice. Silas. No. Uh, but probably Borrego third after that, then Silas, then Bickerstaff, then Vincent, then Dunlap. That would be my – now, okay, who – you know, are you putting Cowens, are you putting Bristow over Clifford if we if we do work? No. If you're putting Silas over Clifford? I'm not putting – I don't think I'm putting Bristow over Clifford, I don't think. Cowens, well, yes, over what's Clifford. There, Cowens has to be, right? Yeah. A lot Cowans. of success under Cowens. Yeah, yeah, a lot of solid playoff teams under Cowens. So probably uh, probably Cowens would be up there for me. Well, yeah, so so Bristow, from what I have here, at 207, uh, 207 to 203 record. You know, mm -hmm. Dave Cowens went 109 and 70. Mm -hmm. Silas went 161, 120. You know, I, yeah, Cowens and Silas are probably ahead of Clifford. It's 1-2 there, and, and you really, you have to look at playoffs because Silas had the be better playoffs record. Cowens... Mm -hmm was four and eight in the playoffs. Silas was 11 going against 12. Jordan, you know, yeah. and, and did have the Celtics tough series draw. win. Yeah. Always a, <laughs> always a, always tough, a tough draw. draw. That's why I, I think I've said this on the show before. I was not a fan. Of, I was not a fan of Michael Jordan growing up because he always used to crush the Hornets and mm -hmm. break my heart. I didn't become a fan of Michael Jordan until I attended the university of North Carolina at Chapel Hill and really embraced all of the, the history and, and, and the love for him. Uh, and I got over my, uh, the Bobcats, honestly, the Bobcats cured me a lot of my hate that I had for Ray Allen, uh, for uh, for Michael Jordan, for all of these people that hurt the Ray Allen. The way. Yeah, what do you, who do you mean? Who do you mean besides Bucks, Ray Allen? The Buck series. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. I'm sorry. That was tough. No, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, Buck yeah. series, Ray Allen, uh, some of the other villains of of that era would have been would have been Jordan, would have been Jason Kidd. The, well, the, la the latter part of that era, the the Nets ended the Hornets a few times. Well, didn't the Knicks beat the oh, yeah, Hornets Knicks. during their championship? Yeah, run? Allen Houston. Oh, my God. 
I hated <laughs> Allen Houston. Yeah. Well, I was even talking about Patrick Ewing. I, I think the Hornets uh, lost to, that know. year they went there, but yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Oakley, Ewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Allen Houston, I feel like, I don't, I don't know why, just felt like he, he, really he ended like the him. Hornets even more than Patrick I think Ewing Knicks did. fans would grow to hate Allen Houston, too, after that contract. So you're not Larry alone. Johnson. Kind of a little yeah. dual situation there. Well, yeah, went good to the question finals, though. But... Good question. We don't think about the, the 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 guys on the bench that much, especially going back. So that was that was a good one. Okay, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. Oh, I do have one more. I got to get it up on the uh, the old tag board producer screen here. Okay, mm-hmm. this is from this is from R. Scott Wells on Twitter. Here we go. Hive Live. After Duran is drafted, do you think every team between there and our pick will try to extort us by threatening to take Williams? Our center hole. hole. (laughs) He says our C hole. I didn't. I should have. I really. I I was getting a little scared. You you proof these at all, Doug? I didn't prove. I'm sorry. You're right. This is the worst kept secret in the NBA. Everybody knows about it. Our C hole, which is our center, our hole at the center position, (laughs) is the worst kept secret in the NBA. Is it also a liability in this scenario? Um, yo. So, so I would first say phrasing to our Scott Wells. Um, he, he, his Twitter handle is, uh, what is that? A font gangsta. So yeah, you know, he, he doesn't have any problem put that out there. I will say this. He's right. I mean, of course, everybody's going to try to gain leverage as much, as much as possible in the draft in any sport. And he's also right that it is the worst kept secret in the NBA that the Hornets need a center. So there's going to be plenty of teams. And that goes back to the discussion. If Mark Williams is the only one on the board and you're there at 13, he's available it's going to be really risky to trade to 15 because I'm sure there's other teams that like Mark Williams too. It's not going to be just the Hornets, especially after his measurements at the combine. And so if that happens, a team could jump the Hornets, get to 14. You, you got to take them. If, if that's your guy, if you don't like him, you don't right. believe in him. different discussion, but operating that they do, you got to take them at 13. Here's why I don't think it's going to be like threatening. I don't think they'll have like super leverage over the Hornets because there are some wing defender options, and the Hornets could look at an Abaji, uh, you know, if if Dyson Daniels were to fall. There were a, there are a couple options for the Hornets if some of these center prospects. Now, you know, they, that's why you don't let that intel get out that like you you know your team isn't particularly in love with a Williams or or whoever. But I don't think it's a situation where they're they're going to. I hope I, Mitch Kupchak does again. Just from my experience seeing them operate within the draft just doesn't seem beholden to one objective, but can keep their options open for multiple objectives. Well, yeah, that that we're all operating under the assumption that they do want Mark Williams. Right. But if, if they're cool it's with getting, another wing solo defender, workout. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, he is getting a solo workout. That's a date. Yeah. That's a one-on-one date. Not a Who's he date. going up against in the workout? Maybe it's conspiracy just a chair. Like who, who's who's he going? Do they have anyone in the building over a, a, a broom that's point? getting held up by one of the assistant coaches? That's what he's yes. going against. Oh, Anything single. else, Doug? Oh, I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. <laughs> I'll, here we go. Miles just puts it out. If you have both players available, Jalen Duran or Mark Williams. It's it's Jalen. You know, we we talked about trading up for him. You know, he's he's the guy. I you know, it's funny because we have talked so much about Mark Williams, but as we've done in the past, you talk about the guy 
that makes the most sense where they're selecting, right? Like, you know, clearly he's not better than even a Chet Holmgren, but we haven't talked at all about Chet Holmgren because they're not going to get him. Uh, you know, they have to trade up and you'd have to give up a massive amount. I don't even know if you could still. So um, still Jalen, though, like there, there's a possibility and Jalen would be the first pick for me. Jimmy asks, why not consider Quinn Snyder for the coaching job? He doesn't want it, I think, would be the main <laughs> yeah. drawback. Yeah. Uh, that's what makes it really tough. Us. Yeah, when yeah. someone doesn't want it, that's what makes it really tough. Uh, Quinn Snyder yeah, was I mean, part I think that, Yeah, I think they would love well, to. Quinn Snyder I mean, was part of the coaching search when they hired Clifford and they yeah. passed on Snyder. So there might be some, some bad blood there. Here's the thing. Hopefully third time's the charm on that because they've had guys that have gone on to have success within the searching pool and they would just name somebody different. So Quinn Snyder was in the pool that Steve Clifford eventually got hired from. Snyder, clearly a very good NBA head coach. Ime Udoka was a part of the candidacy that eventually saw James Borrego get that job. And obviously you see Ime Udoka, what he's doing right now with the Celtics. Uh, one more here from E.B. Camp on the YouTube chat. By the way, thanks to everyone for watching us live. We go live every Friday. It's a good time. So uh, if you subscribe and then turn your notifications on, you'll know exactly when we are going live. Here we go. Last one. With the Hawks having some cap problems to figure out this offseason, which players could you guys see the Hornets trading for? What was the question again? Who was the team? The well, the Hawks having some cap problems. You know, there mm-hmm. there there will be some opportunities to trade for the Hornets because they that you know there there are teams that may be struggling to make those moves. So who would you see the Hornets trading for from from Atlanta? And I'm going to expand this question and say, you know, overall, what are some trade targets? I mean, when you go to Atlanta, I know Clint Capella has been talked about yeah. before. Um, you know, as we it's it's boring, but it's just the okay. easiest route. Okay, to but take. But, That's easy. but reuniting Clint Capella with yeah. Dan Tony would be difficult because Dan Tony hit the eject button on Capella in Houston. Yeah. He did. You know, Capella, I mean, that's exactly right. And Daryl Morey traded him and, and Capella had his moments, but then would get uh sat on the bench. Yeah, I mean, um uh there's a Bogdanovich down there, right? I mean I, I <laughs> it know. was they got one, uh-huh. <laughs> one of those. Yeah, they got one of those. So uh maybe, who the Hornets maybe. were reportedly in on when he was leaving yeah. the Kings. You know, that was something that at least the Hornets were interested in then. I don't know. That, I, that, I don't know that. I mean, it's going to be wing. De- to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be wing defenders and and big guys. I mean, that's what they're going to be looking at first, right? So wherever you can find those guys, I think is, is who they're looking to add. I have my I have my top four uh, center trade targets. If you want to hear them real quick. Oh yes, rank radio, baby. It's been a while. Let's bring it back. Here we go. Number four, Rashawn Holmes. Okay. Who, uh, we we got okay. some we got some news on Walker. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, we did get news on Rashawn Holmes. And so, you know, those accusations hurled his way. They were not accurate as it would stand out. And so that's why you let the process play out, let right? Me you, like, let me give you that. Let me give you the news here from James Ham of ESPN thirteen twenty. Yeah. A Los Angeles court awarded King Center Rashawn Holmes sole physical and sole legal custody of his son. Holmes' ex wife defied an L.A. court order and took the child to Georgia. Georgia court conferred with L.A. court and ruled in Rashawn's favor. Rashawn now has his son. Uh, so there was a, a custody battle, accusations thrown around about uh, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, his ex-wife accused him of domestic violence toward their son. Um, and that's where the situation stands. Uh, so anyway, number four, Rashawn Holmes. Okay, number three. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> number three, Rudy Gobert. Number three, 
Yeah, I'd flip those. Yeah. You know, now now that we have the info on Holmes, I, I'd flip those. Uh, so sorry, he, I wrote this down wrong. Number three, Christian Wood. <laughs> okay. Number yeah, two. Christian. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no more DeAndre analysis Aiden. in between. Go ahead. Okay. It'd be a side and trade. He's a restricted free agent. Sign sure. Rudy Gobert, number one. All right, those are your rankings. Rudy Gobert. Who was your second player? I didn't even hear who the second player was. Uh, well, the second ranked was Aiden. Okay. Right, DeAndre. Yeah. Okay, that'll there do we it. Yeah, we'll, we'll end on that, Doug. Did you want to get to any more comments or questions before we ended today? Uh, no, um, uh, David, what's wrong with the NBA? Oh my God. How much time we do we have? I know we can do, no. we can, we can do it next Friday, but what's wrong with just, oh, look, what's we wrong? all love the NBA. I just think they've got some major issues going on. What with uh, former referees going on live broadcast saying they actually confirm what we all thought and they referee different, you know, different players differently. Unbelievable. Uh, Unbelievable. The, I the era. I, I don't like this 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 fighting, this infighting, if you will, amongst the NBA alumni when you've got the new era slash new media uh, going back at the guys like Bob Cousy. I mean, when Bob Cousy's just sitting there in his house and a, and a, and a, and a bomb. I love it. Him. I <laughs> love it. It's not hey, that's Mad Dog's fault, man. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with anything that Cousy – well, I don't, I don't necessarily – I don't disagree – Totally with Koozie, but I, but I just love the idea of Koozie coming out and 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 throwing punches in defense of his. Area. Oh, I'm liking that. Yeah, you get. You yeah. Get, you well, you get said you didn't like the infighting. Well, he didn't start it. I'm just saying he got blindsided. Uh, um, and and then um, you know, I don't know. I don't think the finals and the playoffs have been exactly what they wanted to see from an in, uh, from a TV viewership standpoint. So there's just a lot of like off court are we going to change the schedule are you not going to play 82 games are we playing 82 games uh so there's just a lot of things they seem like they need to iron out from an image standpoint but those are the things i guess maybe it's just because there's not as many games going on right now right it's just the finals a lot of a lot of a lot of flack like a negative stuff flying around for me lots of draymond talk a lot of draymond a lot of uh draymond talk going on i mean i'm uh, support i support any podcaster this is what, this is what we're doing uh we know uh, that we don't need that many podcasts <laughs> but we need one from draymond in fact if there was one player we needed a podcast from draymond would certainly be up there as far as the active players uh that are currently there right now all right that'll go ahead you got some else Doug? well i was gonna just real quick lamella ball you think podcast at some point what do you think lamella ball would be great I would listen, and I don't know. Uh, I don't know if he's a big conversationalist. Uh, I mean, that's that true. What I'm gonna say, yeah, uh, definitely a vi- more of a visual medium type of guy. Uh, but yeah. you know, video podcast perhaps. But we'll see. Like if uh, Tumblr was still around, maybe wow. just, maybe just Instagram. <laughs> All right, Bob Kizzy. Just yeah. as long as he, just as long as he doesn't have a blog. We don't care about no blogs. Yep. Yeah. Terry doesn't take care about him. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter. He's joined by Richard Stamen. We're going to play the last segment for him on Monday, giving a name game, talking a little bit about the draft prospects. But Rafael Barlow is also joined by Sam Ferris and Leif Tulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your pods. Thanks again to David joining us as he does every single Friday. And thanks to you guys for joining us this Hive Live. Have a great weekend. And we'll be back with you on Monday.